Hello, and welcome to a Burkamp Wonderland and Arsenal podcast. My name is Carl, as you well know. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been four long months, and guess what's happened to me? Yes, that's right. It shows all about me, to be honest. I'm not really interested in the Arsenal result. I have my first haircut in four months. It's been emotional people I had an afro like people at work were calling me an old Michael Jackson except I was dark and not white but that's just we digress anyway uh joining me today is the button monkey himself it is Danny Sweetman Daniel how are you <laughs> and people moan at me for rambling on about nonsense you'll get away with it because it's Carl isn't here to go Daniel get on with it I'm very I'm very good Carl you can see in the background my mother's there Hello, dear. Everyone wave, everyone wave to Miss um, Sweetman. Uh, she's <laughs> had to put up with Danny for how many years? And the woman must be an absolute saint. 50 years. She's divorced me, old man. So she's now back to being an ivory, not a, not a Sweetman, apparently, oh. possibly. Yes. Uh, she's single, also with us. Oh, <laughs> does, does, she like black, does she like black men? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? This show's going somewhere we should, shouldn't go. Anyway, next also with us is uh, Nick. Nicky, how are you? Oh, I was all right, mate. Like I said, I was out and about the weekend up the city, bought some new jeans, had a lovely weekend, went and saw my mum and dad for the first time in a while, and then I had to come, I had to come home and watch that game of football. So it's all downhill from now. Yes, it's... Um, do you know what? I tend to let Arsenal ruin my weekends anymore because they've ruined so many weekends. I, I guess I'm going to take the words of uh, Chris, which you don't really listen to Chris very often because he talks a lot of shit. Um, not surprised, just disappointed. Like, I'm not, I'm not upset. <laughs> just a little bit disappointed. It's just the way of Arsenal. But anyway, let's get straight into this. Because uh, I don't really want to spend my whole Sunday talking about that shit results. Um, right, Nick, I'll stay with you. Um, when the team news first come out, what did you think of, one, all the changes that we've made, but especially the goalkeeper situation where Leno was obviously rested for this game and Matt Ryan came in for his second Premier League appearance? Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't very happy with it because you know the last two games we've played away from home we've had pretty much the same back four and the goalkeeper and the same midfield in um Partey and um Danny Ceballos and we've won those games 3-0 and 4-0 you know not conceded a goal everything seems to you know starting to clip for us we seem to get a bit of rhythm and then you come in you look at that and he's made five changes and you think oh and it's you know especially with um, Callum Chambers, because we, we said the last three or four games, he's been one of our best players. And then he just seemed, I don't know what's up with Arteta, he seems to get into a bit of rhythm and then he just makes wholesale changes and then that happens. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, see, I'm torn uh, at the moment, Nick. I don't know if some necessary changes needed to be done or whether he's just tinkering. There's, there's a a really fine line between tinkering and resting players. I mean, when Pepe was in a lot of form and he'd scored something like three goals in four matches or something along them lines, and then he dropped him for a game and you think, for William as well, and you think someone who's so out of form and you're dropping someone that's in form, I, I didn't really understand that. But I guess it's something that um, only Artessa can explain and I'm sure he will get asked questions in his post-match interview and hopefully he'll have to explain it. Um, Danny, the game. So, 
the first 15 minutes that I watched, um, we were kind of on top. But as normal with Arsenal, we just don't take our chances. We we had a few shots at goal and there was a time where I think we had the ball for something like 47 passes, I think it was, where Fulham did not touch the ball. But as normal, we don't take advantage of our chances. The first 15 minutes, what did you think? Did you think that it was going to be a cakewalk and we were going to win it like 4-0? Or did you think that we needed to do something again with this game? Well, 4-0 was my prediction. And then I saw the line-up and I thought, well, we're a little bit, little, like Nick was saying, a little bit light on midfield. We've got the defence there. The goalkeeper's having his, his uh, first Premier League start of the season. I know he, he, I think he came on when he did came on. Second. When I got sent off. Second start? Yeah. No, the, uh, yeah, they said it was his first start. No, because he start he started against Villa, didn't he? Oh, of course he did. He got the, yeah. So that's his third game, not his second. Yeah, because well, Leno got, he came got on when a he red card, didn't he? So he missed. Yeah, the ball. So he did play. Yeah, three. Um, no, because Runnison played that game, didn't he? See, this is why so, you shouldn't ask me questions, Carl, because I don't know, <laughs> and you know I don't Runnison, know the answer. When Leno got sent off, Runnison came on, and did he? Um, yeah, and oh, here we go. Yeah, that was his start. second Premier League game. Yeah. yeah, I've just picked on Wikipedia. Thank God they're there because, quite frankly, I don't know anything. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so you, you had a good point where you said at the beginning of the game, we just came out slow, like we always do. And that's what we need to do when we're playing teams like against this because uh, they, they play so defensively, which you can't blame them. And they've won recently. They won 1 0 away at Liverpool, 2 1 or 2 0 away at Everton, and then 2 1 away at Leicester. And they've had some. Oh, my mum's feeding the cats. They're <laughs> all going mental. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Lacquer set up Martinelli early on and Martinelli missed it. And you're thinking, oh, come on. Why can't we start games quickly? Like we have done in Europe where we, we uh, occasionally we have gone out there and we've gone and got the goals early and that makes the game easy. But we don't want to do that. It seems that, you know, like we've had a few times early on in the season where we've missed open goals from the first five or six minutes or we conceded early on. I don't know what, mate. Is it is it the, the warm up to the game? Is it the uh, the tactics to just t- take it easy? You know, like Wenger used to come out and and see what they were doing, and before then he'd adjust his plans to accordingly to whatever they were going to do. But whatever it is, you'd, as soon as you saw 15, 20 minutes in, I was thinking this isn't going well. We're we're gonna any chances we get, we're, we're gonna we're gonna miss them. Um, and then we saw what happened after that, Carl. Yeah, I mean, Arsenal kept the ball well. And the one thing I, I, I would say is, I don't know if it is more because it was Fulham or more because Arsenal were playing well. It was very hard to kind of tell. But we were dominating them. We were playing well. We were getting trying to get in behind. But there was, I guess, in the, the first third and the, and the middle third, we were, we, were, we were fine. But when we got into the final third, we just couldn't penetrate them. I mean, Fulham were playing an extremely low block and they were playing with like, five across the back at one point and then their midfielders were dropping back. So it was really hard to try and break them down. I'm not even going to like deny and say it's all awesome because when a team like that, who Fulham came for a point, they had no intention of trying to attack us, um, especially in the first half. It was literally, they weren't interested. They weren't interested in getting at us. They were just interested in keeping a clean sheet. And I think their key was to get to half time nil-nil, which they achieved and I guess we'll talk about uh, our non-existent goal in a second but um, for me I felt that Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe definitely linked up well and I think our season has relied heavily on those two because they since Emil Smith-Rowe has come in he's been like a breath of fresh air and he's really sort of changed the way we play I mean the fact that 
we're relying on him and Saka to under 20 year olds to sort of save our season and be the attacking force in, in the Arsenal squad is something different. Um, Nicky, in the first half, what did you make of it up until our disallowed goal? Did you feel that it was going to go our way that day or did you feel that Fulham was just here for the low press and you could see a nil-nil written all over it? Well, you can't, you can't blame Fulham for trying to keep it tight because, I mean, was it the first game of the season we when they played us and that was a bit more open? We absolutely smashed them. And, you know, early on in the season, a club that's probably going to get relegated you know, they will start a little bit, you know, at, you know, actually try and play a bit more football early on. But, you know, I mean, this draw has probably relegated them now, probably, you would say. But, I mean, like you said, I, I thought we actually started quite well, actually. Our finishing was dreadful. I mean, we were missing by, well, an inch, it might as well be a mile sometimes when we seem to have a shot. I say Martinelli and, um, yeah, how Saka and Smith Rowe, like I say, They've played so many games together, you know, in the under 23s, under 17s or whatever, you know, in the reserves. You know, they, it seems like they know what, what the other player is going to do before they do it. So that's, you know, we, we gain half a yard with them two just being on the pitch. And that's why I say, you know, when we keep changing, you know, players, defence, partnerships, you know, especially centre-half, you know, I, I don't know why he does that, but... Lost the training maybe a little bit there. Yeah, maybe he's the new Tinker Man, I think. Um, I guess we might as well get straight into this. So, Danny, the disallowed goal. Um, I'd be honest with you, personally, it's offside. They, they've done the lines and and the rules state that any part of your body that you can score a goal with, if it's in an offside position, it's offside. They've done the lines, it's offside. It was a brilliant move, I must say, because um, when the ball got crossed over, even uh, when the ball come to Bellerin at that time, I want be Bellerin to shoot. I'll be very honest with you. I was hoping that um, <laughs> Bellerin was going to take a shot, but uh, he decided to cross it. And I think both Lacazette and Ceballos went for it. And it was a very good header um, by Ceballos. You can't take that away. But um, did you have any arguments with the offside? I mean, apart from, you know, it actually hurt him, but, you know, the rules are the rules. But did you have any arguments with it? Yeah, I did, because it's annoying that the offside is meant to... It wasn't the whole plan of it to help get more goals, to encourage attacking play. And they, they've tinkered with it a couple of times. Like like uh, Mr Waffles said, the rule is bullshit. I think the only way around this... Who was it? Was it Santi Cathola that used to have one... His shooting boot was smaller than his, actual, his other foot. It wasn't one a size six and one a size five or something like that. I think all of our players need to do that. They need to squeeze their feet into smaller and smaller boots and until... Because and, and, that's the only way we're going to stop this because it's absolute bullshit. And you see from the lines... I mean, the, the call may be right. VAR may be right. But you can see from the lines, when you have to go down to a Nat's testicle of a width to decide whether something's offside or not, it's, it's almost no point doing it. It's it's so annoying. It's ruining the game because Ceballos runs off and, and celebrates his first Premier League goal and we're looking at it and I didn't celebrate. I don't celebrate anymore because I think, well, that's going to get called offside. You don't know. And the players should just make a point with this and the, of how pathetic VAR is, that they should just still stand there with their arms crossed and go, we're not celebrating. There's no point because VAR might, might rule it off. They may not do. 
And you're looking at it, and then some, I'm sure someone put a, a tweet up showing the lines and showing the lines weren't even in a straight line. It wasn't from the same point on the far side to the same point on the near side of a straight line drawn. And you see it all the time. The number of times that you've uh, – it's like when you use MS Paint. If you don't – you can have it. And so it just looks like a straight line, but it's partway across the line. It goes up a pixel and then across more, then up a pixel and across more. The whole thing is bullshit. Get rid of it. It's killing the game, Carl. I mean, yeah. I mean, like you said, VAR was brought in to help attacking. And I'm sure the rule is always give the benefit of doubt to the attacking player. That's what should always happen. Unfortunately, we're not seeing that. We're seeing the benefit of doubt being given to the defender. I mean, the letter of the law is correct, personally. However, that should have... And I'm not just saying this from an Arsenal point of view. I think even if, if Fulham had scored that, I still will be saying to the letter of the law, it's offside, but... You've got to give that. I mean, like you said, if one player is wearing a, a size 12 boot and one player is wearing a size 4 boot or 5 boot, um, it's just ridiculous. And yeah, it, it is annoying. It really is annoying. But, you know, the law needs to be changed. Isn't Mr. Wenger supposed to be coming out with some new fancy law that he wants to change and um, trial in the 2022 World Cup, I believe? We'll see what happens with that. But, yeah, it's annoying. The offside rule, I mean, I'm someone who, who's watched football for, I don't know, best part of 30 years. And the offside rule was still a bone of contention. Why is it that we're sitting here and nobody can honestly say what the offside rule is, whether it's an armpit? Like, I didn't know you could score with your armpit. So why did they take the measurement from your armpit? Because I'm very sure if anyone was to do that, and you can't see the action if you're listening to this uh, via podcast, but but poke the ball in with your armpit, people would say handball, and it'd probably be given as handball by VAR. So it's very weird how that happens. Um, I don't know. Nick, did you have any qualms with the offside um, goal or non-goal as it was? Yeah, with both of, you know, their penalty as well. I thought it was absolute bullshit how many of these calls they've done over the last year. And... I mean, especially like Danny said with these lines. I mean, we had so many different lines on that pitch. We had lines up, down. We had dots. We had different colours. I mean, we were talking about jelly babies last week. We had more colours than jelly babies on that pitch, different lines on there. And, I mean, the second one as well. I mean, I actually rewound it and watched it again. And this is what I haven't got a problem with them giving toes offside. If they're proven, they're stopping the pitcher. When, you know, this whole when the ball is played, because both times on there, you can actually see on Sky when they were putting the VAR up, you could see them tweaking the camera backwards and forwards. And I put it on our WhatsApp group. I would put it on our on my Twitter, but I don't want to get banned like Carpenter for putting videos of football up, obviously. So, But you can actually see them. The first picture they shoe, he was offside by half a body in the, the second goal. And they tweaked it back, forwards, back, forwards. And then they started putting these wonky lines up. I mean, if you're going to get technical like that, you've got to prove you're stopping it the same for everyone. And I don't know if I've said it on here before. If that involves more technology, putting a G sensor in the ball, you know, then that's fair. But I actually saw them alter it for the second goal and bring it back like two or three frames. And then it's, oh, look at that. He's not offside. The same with that. It's absolute bollocks. It's not... Offside is to basically stop people goal hanging. It's not to give toes offside. That's not what it's there for. And I mean, Wenger's rule is 
it's kind of like bringing back the daylight rule, but it's going to be automatic and instantaneous. That's what he's trying to trial. But they'll fight him over it because they love, you know, everyone complaining about decisions and complaining about VAR. Yeah, it, it's uh, annoying. And I don't think... The problem is, it's not the technology, it's the people that use it. It's VAR technically should work and it should be absolutely fine because it should be clear cut. However, if the people using it technically don't know how to use it or don't know the rules or are, I don't want to say bending the rules to their favor because they're not. Let's be, I don't think they are. Well, they're they're but, bending the cameras though. Carl, they, you they know, are, they sit there just, tweaking the cameras backwards and forwards five or six frames, you know, that's your toe right there. I mean, we've had Lacazette been given a toe offside before and it's, 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 it's not in the spirit of the game and it's just stupid. That's, you know, uh, sorry. Yeah. You, Carry on. V- VAR needs to be this. There needs to be, um, I don't think anybody's happened with VAR. I don't think there's a single club in the Premier League that hasn't had more than, I would say, three or four VAR decisions go against them. That were dubious, to say the least. Like you said, it was brought in for clear and obvious errors. Now, we'll get on to the second one later, but this wasn't, for me, a clear and obvious error. Like, to the letter of the law, okay, yes, it was offside. But I feel like attacking players are not given the benefit of the doubt at all. Uh, very much so not. I mean, if halfway through the season they can change the handball rule, surely they should be able to change the uh, offside rule because for me it just doesn't work and then the problem is every sort of competition has got a different version of offside and VAR. What happens in the Champions League is not happens in the Premier League. What happens in the Premier League is not happens in the uh, Europa Cup. What happens there is not the same thing that's going to happen uh, in the Euro 2021 finals or what's not going to happen in the World Cup in 2022. So it's very... I don't know. It's just weird. It needs to change. But anyway, let's get back to Arsenal. Um, I felt that Fulham grew into the game towards the back end of the first half. I felt that they decided to almost press us a little bit and they decided to come out and Arsenal were making uh, a few mistakes. And Fulham started to get forward and they did start to uh, have a few cracks at goal. Not too many, but they were opening us up a little bit. And I think... Whereas we were sort of on the halfway line defending, we started to get pushed back a little bit. Danny, did you feel that Fulham might have grabbed something just before um, half-time? Well, there was a, um, a, like you were saying, in the 20th minute, I made a note, Fulham nearly scored. They just ran across our midfield, Sabios ran up to him, tried to push him and then stopped. And then uh, they, they, that pass they had and they had a shot and it deflected wide as Ryan really had no chance getting to it. But then... Then after that, I thought we had this more of nothing, a bit part playing. They'd get a bit, then we'd get a bit. No one dominated the game at all, and they just made sure that that, the, that nothing was actually going to happen at any point. And we had uh, Martinelli had a few chances, and he was getting close. And then Zaka uh, had another pointless free kick on the 38th minute. But this is, the whole thing was just, why are you out there? What are you doing? What's the point in being out there if if none of you seem to be? I don't know if it was because it was such a high on Thursday after after smashing um, Slavia 4-0 and then you come back and you're playing the team again at the bottom of the league and you're not really doing much. And I'm thinking, do is anybody out there hungry hungry for the, for to try and do something? Because you think Martinelli's, well, he hasn't complained, but he probably has been thinking all season, I want my chance in the Premier League. And Martinelli's had his chance and he hasn't done anything. 
he's he's had a few close bits, but you think that the Martinelli at the end of last season isn't the same Martinelli as we've got now, where you thought if he's playing, if he, even if he comes on as a sub, he's, he's going to get a goal. He's going to he's going to do really well, and he wasn't doing it. And I was looking at and I, the more it's going on, Carl, the more I was getting frustrated. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be one of those days. And one of the people who, who commented on the um, on the Gooners podcast, they do this thing where they send in a 30-second clip of you talking about what the result's going to be. And he went, I think one of them said, uh, we're going to go 1-0 down, and it's going to be a, a shitty penalty or an unlucky foul or something like that. And that turns out what it ended up being. But I was just so frustrated with the whole thing. It's just driving me nuts. You could see nothing was happening. Nothing was fitting together. And, and yeah. I was just half expecting, like you, were, like you said, half expecting Fulham to get something out of it because they were putting together some half-decent bits of play while stopping us from playing completely, playing nine at the back. We just seemed to just totally just lose confidence. I mean, Fulham had, like you said, had one shot on goal and it's almost like that shook us to our core and we just literally decided, okay, that's it. We're not going to attack anymore. And... The passing, I mean, any midfielder has a double pivot of flipping Ceballos and Onene. He's not going to do very well, let's be very honest. Very but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't exactly strike fear into the heart of any team, let's be very honest. But um, I just felt like Fulham decided to grow into the game. And then in the second half, at the beginning, I don't know what Arteta said to them, um, but whatever he said to them did not work because Fulham towards the second, I mean, at the beginning of the second half, dominated us. They did. They were pressing us. They were getting balls forward. They were making runs and just runs that, you know, we just couldn't handle. And it got to a point where it got really, really silly to the point where I was thinking, okay, did I have to just say, like, oh, just carry on doing what you're doing and the goals will come. You know, something stupid like that. And it, it it's silly. I mean, for... Um, Who's it? 95 um, Winston says, makes a good point when he says uh, Fulham hasn't played in nine days. But we made a lot of changes and I feel that maybe that obviously Fulham are fresher and, you know, they've had nine days to work on tactics and how to beat us, then of course that's going to help. Like, without a shadow of a doubt, it is. But, you know, we brought in fresh players as well. You know, um, better in at play midweek. Um, El Nene came on a sub, I believe. Sabaos played. Um, but do you know what I mean? They we had fresh players that had enough about us to deal with um, Fulham. I felt like we had players on the pitch that should have been able to deal with the likes of 18th or an 18th, yeah, 18th place Fulham, which is just really, really silly. Um, okay, let's talk about the penalty incident, Nick. I personally don't think it was a penalty. Uh, I've reached, I've watched the replay time and time and time again. Um, first of all, let's deal with it in stages. So let's deal with the offside. Um, do you think it was offside? Yeah. I mean, the first picture they put up, he was half a yard offside. And then you could see them were tweaking it backwards and forwards because they're allowed to tweak it backwards and forwards. And there you go. And I mean, yeah, so I, that should have probably been offside, but for some reason, the bloke in charge, the knob in charge of the knobs... No, hang on, did I say that right? Yeah, I did say that right. The knob in charge of the knobs in the VAR place decided he was going to be onside and draw up loads of more lines. And then that went through to the penalty. And like I said, I mean, Gabriel's not played for a couple of weeks. So maybe he's a bit rusty and he was caught out of slope position. And 
I don't know if you're probably going to say the same thing as me. Yeah, he did clip his foot, but the guy was already going down before there was contact. What do you? What I mean, do you yeah. Think? I mean, yeah. I mean, those who have ever seen it, Man United. I mean, Burnley just had an offside goal uh, disallowed and. Exactly the same as the second one. The the distance between feet it was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, Danny, I'll come back. I'll come back to you in a second, Nick. I just want to get Danny's opinion. Danny, did you think it was uh, offside as well? Um, are we talking about a penalty? Yeah. So the build yeah. up play. It um, was yeah. ball came um, forward. Yes. Guy, uh, offside. The line, very, the line was very very close. Did I make a note on that? Um, Oh, I've put pen question mark. Was he offside? Um, the offside bit, I can't remember. Um, but looking at it, I think there was a lots of calls that it, that it was. But it's just yet again, it is such such close. Those lines were so close together on whether it was or not. I think if our one was offside, then that was probably offside as well, depending on who the VAR is, because we know some VAR people would give it and some wouldn't. But when it's so close, there you go. Like like um, our mate Steph says, not clear and obvious. Yeah, so uh, it's the same bloke though, Danny, and it's the same bloke who did ours as them. So you can't complain to say, "Oh, last week's VAR mm. did it this way," and this, you know, it's the same bloke. It so. shouldn't be whether it's the same bloke or not. It should be the same throughout the whole season for every single same game, role. and that's the problem right. with it. There's, there's no consistency, Carl. And it's interpretation as well. Like my interpretation is going to be different to your interpretation, and. There's no consistency in that, and that's my issue. I think that is where I think we fall down in the Premier League because there's no consistency. As you know, Martin Atkinson is a different referee to Craig Paulson, and their interpretation is is very different. So that's where it goes wrong. Nick, you asked me a question. Do I think it was offside? Yes. And for and not just tick for tap, but if you're going to give Saka offside, then you have to give the Fulham one offside. You you have to. I think it's ridiculous to say that one is not offside and one is offside. If you're if you're really going to the letter of the law, which is very very silly, and I just don't understand. Um, do as for the penalty, do you think they care um, that? Do you think they care that it's 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 ruining the game? It's stopping us from celebrating, stopping the the players from celebrating. Of course, then, because for me, it's for me, it's more, it's more, it's more money in the Premier League. Like, if you people are going to watch more for controversy, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're slowing the game down, and it's for me. They're just. I hate VAR. I will hold my hands up and say I absolutely hate VAR. I would scrap it in an yep. absolute heartbeat and just go back to the person on the pitch. Dealing um, person on the pitch making the decisions, and if they get it wrong, they get it wrong. Yeah, and if they get it right, they get it right. And if it's blatantly offside, I can say, "Well, the referee shit." Blah blah blah. Not talk about. Oh, there's a man in a room with technology, and they're still getting the decision wrong. So for me, it should just be the man in the middle of the pitch wearing black should be the one making all the decisions, nothing else. And like I said, if they're right, they're right. If they're wrong, they're wrong. We keep it moving. Um, because people, people are saying that the the, um, the number of errors are a lot less with VAR than they are with referees on their own. But but like like Jeffrey O'Hara says, there errors have always been part of football. Try to bring in VAR the way it is now is a shambles, and it is it's ruining the game. They're not like 
I agree with you. They're never going to get rid of it. It's just one more way they've got to control over stuff, and it's just it's just ruining the game. It's just so fucking annoying and unnecessary. It's it's not yeah. football is meant to be a game that we enjoy, and they're taking the joy out of football. The instant celebration, the reactions, all gone. It's just ruined it. it makes me so angry. Yeah, it's the fact that players can't celebrate because they don't know whether it's in that sort of I mean, you look at Sabayas off celebrating, doing stuff, and now, mm. you know, no goal. So it's just, uh, it's just annoying. And don't the thing think... is, VAR's here to stay, and it's not going anywhere. No. So I don't think, Carl, because um, Smith Rowe, when he scored the, what was the first goal, the one that was disallowed for offside, you saw him, he looked to the linesman straight away. He knew he was offside. Mm. So, I mean, we had VAR, and I thought, well, if he looked, he thought, or I might have been offside there, or at least as close. You know, Saka didn't look today. And like I say, I mean, I just think over the last 20 years, they've messed about with the rules so much, and everything is down to interpretation. And now they're bringing in... You can't use technology for interpretation. You've got to be yes or no. You can't have, oh, well, I interpret this, Mm. I interpret that. And that's why I think someone put a comment in earlier. The linesmen or, you know, the officials, you know, on the side, but they're not doing anything. They're not calling for offsides. They're not actually doing anything because if what happens if he says it's offside, the ref says it's not, and then they go to VAR and you know, and they say something, they see something completely different. You'd have three different officials coming out with three different interpretations of the game, won't you? That's a good point. What is the point of the assistant referee? If every decision on, on offside goes to VAR, then what's the point? And I get, no, actually, because no, it's just the goal-scoring ones, isn't it? Because if it's mid-play, then they still have to flag offside. I don't know. See, even I'm confused, and I understand football. It's just, it's, it's very weird. Anyway, let's not digress. Let's talk about the actual goal. Um, The foul. Danny, do you think yep. it was a foul? Yes? No, because the oh. you, the commentator was saying, um, he said that you could see the bloke had already made his mind up that that's what he was looking for as he was running into the box. And so... The foul should be uh, Gabriel was he's. I'm trying to do this so people listening at home and on the bus and on the toilet can uh, understand it. Well, if you didn't see it, Gabriel was put his leg out and Gabriel's then pulls his leg back and then that's when the bloke's foot touches him. So Gabriel's gone. No, I'm moving my foot back out of the way, and that's when his foot hits Gabriel's foot. So it wasn't it wasn't a foul, and the bloke was looking for it. And if if he wouldn't have touched him, what would the player have gone on and done? It looks like the ball had got away from him. It's ridiculous. Yet again, another stupid decision that's that's ruined the game. And I'd have said exactly the same thing if it had been the other way around. If it had been us that have um, done like that, I'd have gone, no, I don't think that was a penalty. So it's not just been um, biased. Agreed. Nick, what about you? Pretty much spot on with Danny, to be honest. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, and I'll, I'll be very honest. If we had got a penalty like that, I would be sitting here telling you that that's not a penalty. And we got very, very lucky. Um, His foot was planted. Yes, he went to uh, get the ball, but he knew he wasn't going to get it. So he pulled his foot back and he planted his foot. And the player was already looking for the penalty before he got anywhere near um, Gabriel's foot. So I I don't think it was a penalty. I'm not just sour grapes. I genuinely think it was. Um, And... He's bought it, the referee, I mean, he sold it, the referee's bought it, and they've got their penalty and they've um, scored from it. Very good penalty, by the way, I must say. I'm not going to, can't hold back. It was a, an extremely good penalty. But, Do you think he meant yeah. that? Yeah. Well, 
I think I think it did. I think in really ballsy when your team yes. on the verge of relegation, you decide to spank it in the top centre of the net. If anyone didn't see it, he wellied it, and it was another half inch above, and it hit the bar and come back out. Yeah, but uh, credit to him, it was a, it was a good penny. My issue after that is that nothing happened. We looked. Like, for me, it would have been an instant change. But Arteta, I mean, he did change, what was about 10 minutes afterwards, but that would have been an instant change. It would have been, right, Harry, um, it would have been El Nene straight off. Um, you need to, we need to try and find some sort of attacking uh, prowess in this team. So for me, he would have been straight off. But we sat back and it's almost like, it's almost Wengerish where, you know, Avenger had faith in the players that he picked in the beginning. He only changed exactly it, if he it absolutely is. if he absolutely necessarily had to. Like sometimes, I mean, do you remember when um, we got what's his name again? What's that old manager's name? I've completely forgot. Emery, when Emery came in and he was making changes at half time, everybody was, oh my God, this is brilliant. Like, this is like revolutionary. I can't believe he's making a change at half time. We've never seen this. And and I'm not saying Arteta should go that way, but, you know, sometimes you need an instant reaction. And it was exactly the same. We didn't look any more attacking than uh, we did before the Fulham score. We literally just laboured, pass, 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 pass El Nene. El Nene can't do anything, so he passes back to Xhaka. Xhaka can't do anything, passes back to Gabriel. Gabriel tries to hoof it up front. They Fulham win the ball back. It was just rinse and repeat so many times. Um, and then he did make the change. He did make changes. So El Nene came off for um, Partey and Bellerin came off for okay. Pepe. Um, what did you make of Bellerin today, Nicky? I mean, apart from the non-assist for the goal that was disallowed, did you have any qualms with him today? Did you feel that he should have played better? Did you feel he played well, badly? What did you think of Bellerin today? Not the best. He didn't look like a player that's been dropped for the last... You know, he's been dropped for Cedric. He's been dropped for Callum Chambers. That didn't look like a performance that said, you ain't dropping me anymore, Arteta. I am your number one right back. I mean, he had the captain's armband as well, which is kind of weird, you know, to give... You know, make him the captain when, you know, he hasn't played for so long and then and then take him off as well. But it, it wasn't up to the level it needs to be. Let's just say that. Yeah, uh, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Danny, then we had an injury to Lacazette, which on the face of it looks like a hamstring injury. Now, if that's a hamstring injury, minimum a month, minimum a month. So that's technically almost a season, almost a season over with uh, for Lacazette. Um, I think someone put in the chat, Arteta said five weeks. Five weeks. So yeah, you, you're talking almost a season finished. Um, I mean, what's the Europa League finals on the 26th of May? Today's the 18th. So, and this is Arsenal. So you need to put tax on that five weeks. So another at least two weeks after that. So technically, so with <laughs> with uh, our, with him out and with Aubameyang having malaria, our only striker is technically Eddie Nketiah. I mean, we'll talk about the goal later, but uh, how do you feel about uh, uh, Nketiah leading the line for the rest of the season 
unless um, Aubameyang comes back. Um, well, we've got Balogun, we've got Martinelli. They can all score goals. It's uh, I, the front two of Balogun and, and, and Ketia does worry me because Balogun is nowhere near ready. He's only, he's only had a couple of games at the lower levels. The under twenty one, under twenty threes, and under eighteens. He's scored like sixty odd goals in eighty games. Absolutely magnificent. But no one comes straight in and, and does that. We saw Martinelli did it last season, and then this season he's not really out do much in the chances that he's had. Um, Rudy's put here Arteta on Lacazette we will have to see until we have the scan probably on Tuesday I don't know I can't tell if it's going to be a week two weeks five weeks or six weeks which is um, which is I mean, really, the really fact, worrying the fact that Arteta straight away yeah. went up to the bench and said I need to go off kind of tells you that you know he, he, he knew he was a hamstring yeah he knew um, did you see Lacazette he actually put his hands up and like done that like a break in motion to Arteta as well, so oh, I mean, didn't see what, that. He went, yeah, he went like, "Oh, that's going to dwell on the podcast." Went like that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he his hands together like he was snapping a bit of celery. Not that Nicky's um, ever seen a bit of celery in his life. Uh, a, 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 a Yorkie bar. Yeah, I was going to say Yorkie bar. Do you know <laughs> Not in raisins, though. That's disgusting. Oh no. no Do you nuts. think that Gallagher has to come into the first team squad now? I mean. Looking at it, if if Abami has got malaria, you're talking maybe he should be back, say two weeks, maybe a week. No idea. Um, so, Danny, you can tell me who we've got on Friday. We're playing Friday, aren't we? Yeah, Everton. we are. Everton. Away. So, Luckily, we've got a, a, a an away a home game on Friday to Everton, and then we've got um, was it six days we're away at Villarreal, and then the Newcastle game should be moved from the Saturday to the Sunday. But then we've got, we'll have a game on the 2nd of May, the 6th of May, the 8th of May, the 12th and the 15th. So we've got a hell of a run of games coming up soon. Unless the Premier League want to help us out by postponing some. Yeah, hardly likely. It's going to happen, isn't it? I mean, with... Okay, Martinelli. So at the moment, we've only got Martinelli, Badigan and Inketia. So one of those three will more than likely be playing up front um, against Everton. But I don't think that... Um, Aubameyang is going to be back for that game. He may be, well, we never know, but I very much doubt it. He's going to be back for that game. Uh, Danny, right now, if I just put the, your uh, gun to your head and say who should start against uh, Everton, which one of the three up front? Martinelli. And you, Nicky? Yeah, Martinelli. I'm not going to say it in a funny voice, though. I was singing. How <laughs> dare you, boy? Just because Norwich um, got promoted, now that you've got split loyalties, you and Ellis, see you've all, you, Ellis, and Phil Macker have all renewed your Norwich season tickets, scumbags. Yes, right. Let's talk about the goal so we can talk about more of um, <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, when the goal came, I didn't even celebrate. I literally. I did. I scored like a pig. I didn't. Um, I thought, what the fuck am I doing? I'm celebrating. I'm scoring against fucking Fulham. Danny, talk us through the goal, Danny. Well, we had 172 chances in the, in the second half. Uh, at one point, I said we'd had 11 shots on uh, at goal in the in the space of 15 minutes. At least, at least we were doing something about it. And then I thought, well, that's nice. Um, uh, Ryan is now playing sweeper keeper. Oh, now Ryan is playing defensive midfielder keeper. He's playing attacking midfielder keeper. Fuck it, he's playing striker keeper. Jump us for goalpost, rush goalkeeper all the way. Lovely, jubbly, nice to see it. And then he, I thought, oh, yeah, he's going to score. He's going to make Premier League history. 
we missed out earlier on that we nearly scored when the ball came across and Pepe nearly scored with a header. Well done, Pepe. Just on time. Still still showing that he's got it. And then when after that they cleared it from Pepe's one, it came back out and Martinelli attempted an overhead shot. That was fantastic. That was he'd gone full FIFA FIFA twelve there. Loved it. But yeah, going back to that, we'd had about three or four corners, one after the other, because of the uh, the, the their player of the match, the bloke with the dreadlocks for um Fulham young bloke, what was his name? Double barrel surname. Thought he was fantastic. He was one of the best players on the pitch. And he was he was shouting because nobody told him that there was no one near him. So he put it out for yet another corner. Then we took the corner and then Saka decided to take this one because uh, who'd been taking the corners before and not doing much with them? Might have been Ceballos. Anyway, Saka took it. Ping pong, ping pong, in and out, backwards and forwards. And I thought, oh, this isn't very good. And then um, and then we took another corner, came out to... I think someone touched it before it came to, to Ryan. Then Ryan put it back across for put it back across the right-hand side and then the goalkeeper tried, uh, had because they were moaning that Holding might have been blocking the player, uh, might have been blocking their goalkeeper and there's a player standing next to Holding and then neither of them were offside, neither of them were blocking, that's what the check for and so then the ball came in and then their goalkeeper palmed it out to his right-hand side and then Eddie come running in on the left-hand side completely unmarked and tucked it away from two and a half inches. And then that's when all the protests started going on, and yet another VAR decision that took an hour for them to make their mind up, whether the first of all they're saying, was Eddie offside? Well, of course he wasn't offside, because he was still in our own half by the time he palmed the ball out. And then I think it was was uh, holding and the other bloke interfering with play, and it was ruled they weren't. Goal scored, very happy. I was, the, uh, I was just a bit sad that Ryan didn't get the assist, because for a goalkeeper to get an assist is quite a rare thing. I can picture it going out to the right-hand side, and I don't know who who it was on the right-hand side. Did the ball, when um, Ryan passed it out right, did uh, the person who touched the ball get um, a clip off of one of their players when it came back in? It was The gist of it is, Carl, I'm not sure. It was just a slobber knocker of chances and missed chances. It was. And I think they, the ball rolled sort of across the face of the goal. And uh, I don't think any of their players kind of went for it. And Edin Ketia came steaming in yeah. uh, on the back post, side foot straight into it. And that's what got us the point, uh, which obviously was... Has my explanation worn you out? <laughs> no, I'm, t- I'm trying to recall it in my head, uh, to be yeah. honest. I trouble it. The player who, who I, I thought was brilliant, Thunder Road has put in there, De Cordova Reed. I thought he was very, very good. I don't know where he's from. Hopefully he's English because he looks like he's a, he's a half-decent defender. Was he a right-back? I believe he is the right-back. Um, uh, oh, he played on the right-hand side. Yeah, I know nothing about so, him. Yeah. Uh, and let's be honest, I thought Fulham were robbed. Not because of your side, because they should have won that game. I That's tweeted that right. and people got the ump with me. No, I, I believe they were, Rob. They should have won that game, let's be very honest. Um, Can I just jump in there and say I'm glad they didn't get a point because we scored in the, what, seventh minute of stoppage time because they were wasting time. I mean, their goalkeeper went down and they were laughing and joking, oh, that's a tactical injury there. He kicked his shoe off, then he threw his gloves off and sat down for like two, three minutes pretending to be injured when he wasn't. And then we scored in the injury time that they got. I mean, they were actually wasting quite a lot of time. And obviously, we don't get it as much 
with no crowd because we'd all be, you know, the crowd would be booing, saying they're wasting time. And that's why they put so much stoppage time up as well. So, good. <laughs> well said, Nick. I, uh, I definitely agree with you there. Um, and I know Scott Parker, after the game, was moaning to the uh, the referee saying about how much time he had done. But that's what you get when you uh, do that sort of stuff. I remember famously, was it, um, do you remember when we was playing Wigan, Danny? And you might remember this, Nicky, as well. With... Um, and they were wasting so much time. And then we scored. And then Thierry on we went up to um, the goalkeeper give, to give him the ball back to Arsenal if he still wanted to waste time. Uh, <laughs> Vaguely. I think I I've remember, seen um, that. I remember a Monday night football years ago when we were playing Newcastle and they were wasting. Because I actually went down there on the train and that. I mean, it was a terrible game of football. They were wasting time like crazy. And I think I think Vermeulen scored in like the sixth minute of stoppage time. We'd done them 1-0. Well, it's a terrible game of football, but we were, you know, we, you know, let's say if you're going to waste time, they're going to put it on at the end. I was waiting for him to put three minutes up, to be honest. And when he put seven up, I said, "Yep, we're up, we're scoring." Got a quote here from Loki Carl. He says, "This is a this is a Loki quote. So I'm not sure if it's 100 percent correct." He said, "Arteta on Scott Parker, his hair and Ponzi '80s cardigan were fantastic." <laughs> that sounds like a direct quote from Arteta, to be honest. <laughs> At least he's got rid of the bloody twatty typing. Oh god. Um so on the whole, the game was disappointing to say the least. Um a team that's in 18th place, Arsenal at home, Arsenal should be beating no matter what. There's no there's no excuse for it. Even if um we had a Europa League game and we we flew back and you know, maybe uh, one day's training and a day's rest. We should still have enough about us to beat Fulham, Fulham who are in 18th place. So I don't even see that as an excuse. This is just another culmination of the season where it's literally disappointing. You know, we're, we're now in 10th place. We've lost 13 games this season. That's that's really ridiculous. Third to lose 13 games. Uh in a Premier League season, I just feel that's, that's, it's unacceptable to be honest. It's unacceptable, and I know I listen to the podcast, and I know we talk about how we, the, the, the phrase "trust the process" and get it done and get it done and blah blah blah. I guess we'll talk about it on the pod, but I want to mention it now. Do you feel that if we don't win the Europa League, Arteta's gone? Just really quickly, Mickey. Uh, where he's finishing now, and if he doesn't you know, get to the final. I mean, the semi-final's not too bad, but they all this process talk and rubbish, this basically means a lot of players have got to leave and a lot of players are going to come in. They're going to have to question whether or not he can make those players, you know, gel and play well together because I don't know about you two, but I think the squad we've had this year, not saying we should win the league, but we should probably be doing better than what we are. Uh-huh. So... Yeah. Do you know in Wenger's penultimate season, we also lost 13 Premier League games. The season that we uh, beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final, 13 league games we lost that season, which was Wenger's worst ever. Not good. And this is our first, so it can only get better, I guess. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, is there a positive from... I don't want to end it on all negative, so let's try and get some sort of positivity from this. Uh, is there a positive note 
from today, the fact that we showed a bit of resilience and we managed to, you know, we were fighting until the very, very end to get an equaliser. I mean, for me, that's the positive from this, that we didn't totally just give up. We literally battled and battled and battled to try and get a point uh, to Fulham at home, which is, even to me saying it, just sounds weird. Um, Danny, what do you think the positive from today was? 18 shots at goal, five on target, and we found ourselves a new defensive midfielder who's uh, creative, as in Matt Ryan. That's the only positives <laughs> I've got from it. The game was an absolute fucking shambles, and our, our, probably our most informed players injured. Absolutely. It's just typical Arsenal. It's bullshit. Drives me out the fucking wall. Nice. Uh, Nick, is there a positive for you from this game today? No, not really. <laughs> I can't think it's what it is. No, nice it's what it is. You... Nice weather. <laughs> yes, nice weather. Yeah, the weather, the weather in London is very nice today. Only one injury today. That positive. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Danny, Did you I'm have any positives, Cal? That we fought to the end. That's my positive, that we didn't give up. We literally drove forward and tried our best to make sure that we... Um, oh, Eddie scoring, Julian Salmon. Eddie scoring. It keeps Eddie in the shop window. Someone put that an extra five million when he'd be selling to West Ham in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Eddie, I, well done. Happy for him. I personally think Eddie's going to start against um, Everton. I don't think he's going to trust Martinelli up front. He's definitely not going to trust Badigan. So he's going to put Eddie up front. He may put... If Martinelli doesn't keep his place and he's going to put Pepe on the left, isn't he? So, Eddie, who's got first-team experience and, you know, he, he's proven that he can kind of score at that level, Eddie is going to come straight in for me. Uh, you can just see it already. Badigan will be on the bench because we need strikers. So, and unless our, uh, Aubameyang manages to make a, a full recovery, I can't see him either not, be, either not going to be in the squad or is going to be on the bench. But I guess we'll talk about that more on a pod, whoever's on the pod this week. Um, Danny, do you want to ask the uh, questions that we have? I will ask them just for you. Um, well, first of all, we uh, you may have noticed, dear listener, that we have fucked YouTube off because they've changed the way they do stuff. They used to say, if you give us a pound, they take 40p. Now they're doing, you have to add tax onto that and we're not a company uh, we just get the money and spend it on on crack and cheap horse. So now they want another 24%. So you give us a pound, they take 64p. We're not having you give us any money. So all adverts are gone, donations are gone, super chats have gone, and the membership. I'm shutting down the membership and not doing any of that. We've got something called Kofi, K-I, no, K-O-F-I. It used to be coffee, but now they decided to be, you know, all hip and trendy, and now they do that. And so if you give us any money, like we got Nick to try it the other day and give us a pound, all they do is they take nothing, 0%, and all we do is pay uh, 30p per transaction from PayPal plus 3%. And so someone actually earlier today went and gave us, I'm going to give him a shout because it's very kind of him, S. Connor gave us 10 quid. So out of that, we'll get about £9.50. But Nick, you gave us a pound, we got 67p because they take the 30p for doing it. So if you want that, if you want to go, and, we don't need the money, we've got enough, but if you do want to donate or anything like that, just use that, go to Kofi, I mean, if you want the link, say it's on our, it's on our Twitter, and then all the money you get, we're going to go, we're going to, we're going to save up to have, uh, have, have Chris sent away for some, um, for some trimming, because he's a mess, physically and mentally. 
So uh, just wanted to say that. And uh, fuck you, YouTube, you money-grabbing fuckers. So on to the yeah. questions. Uh, first one for you, Carl, because you've done such a splendid job of hosting the show. Um, this is from Joshua Page. Uh, will you still support this club if we join a European Super League? I've heard nothing about this, but in the chat, you lot have been talking about it and mentioning it. So, have you heard yeah, about it? I, I, I purposely didn't mention it because I definitely think that's a, a main pod uh, topic, but we'll briefly do it now. So, th- there's been talk recently of the top European clubs breaking away and having a European Super League. You know, the likes of the, the Milans, the um, Juventuses. Oh, don't uh, do that, Carl. And also, Milans, and there are two Milans, but then you pluralise Juventus when there's oh, only one. All right, Milans, Juventus, hey. um, Barcelona, <laughs> Real, the Madrids. Hey, there's um, three of those. Those fuckers are everywhere. Oh. Yeah, so there's there's talk of that, and a lot of clubs have signed up to say yes, we actually want to do it. Uh, weirdly, uh, the feeder league club has said the top team in the feeder league has said they don't want to. Uh, I wonder why that is. It's very weird. But Arsenal can't even beat Fulham at home. We can't beat <laughs> Burnley. We can't beat Aston Villa. Why do Arsenal want to go to a super... For me, no, it's a no. But I definitely definitely want to talk about it more on the main pod. But uh, for me, it's definitely a no. Arsenal do not belong anywhere near a European Super League because we <laughs> do not belong there in the slightest. I'm sorry, we don't belong there in the slightest. So, no, for me, Arsenal's bread and butter is the Premier League. Yes, it's the Europa be, League. Yeah, it will be shit us missing out, you know, the playing... You know, playing Barcelona, Real Madrid and uh, Juventus every week, week in, week out, it'd be brilliant for us to do that. But we, we can't beat Fulham at home. We, we've lost to Aston Villa twice this season. Arsenal do not deserve to be... We are 10th in the league. Like, if anyone, West Ham needs to be in that <laughs> Super League. Leicester needs to be in that Super League. Not Arsenal. So, sorry, no. It is For me, it's a no. I like playing... England. I'm not. I'm not going on Brexit, but I want to play in my country's league week in, week out. English yes, teams, for English teams. Oh God, Danny's a gammon. But yeah, um, <laughs> it, it's all good. It's all good going away for them extra Europe, um, special European nights. You know, like I want it to be feel special when you play Barcelona and when you play Real Madrid and when you play Inter Milan or AC Milan. I don't want to play them week in, week out, seeing us get slapped by Messi and Co and Benzema and all the rest of them. So for me, it's definitely a no. Uh, Nick, if I have to put you on the spot, would you join the Europe? Want to ask them to join the European Super League? Yeah, we get a load more money, and then we could not spend it on players. And then Stan can buy buy some more land and have an even bigger ranch. Yeah. Oh, uh, Danny, I know this is the first time you've heard about it, but would you want to join? A European Super League, if given the chance. I don't even like the Champions League and the Europa League. I'd fuck both of those off as well. No, fuck them. Um, Stefan, who is, is one of our mates, is reliable. He says, there has been a joint statement from UEFA and FIFA. And then he's all, Def has also put, FIFA are saying no World Cup for players that are involved in this new breakaway Super League. And then his brackets he's put, like they won't take the money. It's just another... Just another um, nail in the coffin of football, isn't it? Because they just want more people. Uh, 
We be the Fulham of the we'll be the Fulham of the Super League, says Julio Almondo. Oh, What's that? Like Kenneth, um, losing out yeah. for yeah. A, a draw against uh, Real Madrid when Benzema scores like a penalty. And oh uh, God, can you imagine? But anyway, we digress, and I'm sure we'll definitely talk about that uh, more on the. Uh, we will. And I'll have no idea then either. Right, uh, one for you, Nick. This is from, uh, I nearly said it's from Matt Ryan. It's not, it's from and lots of numbers. Matt Ryan did look close to saving the penalty. And his question is, has Matt Ryan ever saved a penalty when the ball goes into either of the corners, excluding when he was younger and or shorter? I think he's implying that he's a bit of an umpa yeah, he's a bit short. I mean, I, I suppose we were going to say, would Leno have saved that? But really, we just want to completely go past and say, Martinelli definitely would have saved that, obviously. I mean, he hasn't conceded one goal all season for Aston Villa, but I like my goalkeepers a little bit taller, if I'm honest, because of stuff like that. But if he's only going to be a backup, does it really matter? Well, No one was going to say that plenty there was not a goalkeeper. He was a very funny punny. I was saying, because he said, if it's in the corners, you know, you're not going to get yeah, it. But no one was going to say that, you know, Leno and, um, Leno uh, and Martinez wouldn't have saved that. He just smashed it. Well, out of the three of them, I'd have had my money on Martinez to be the best, better penalty taker, saver, and probably taker out of all of them. Um, should we do another question, Carl? Go for it. Right, for you, from Phil Macker in Norwich, who he flat shares with uh, Ellis and Nick, he says, if we don't make the final, have Lacazette and Bam Bam Boomiang, I've added the Boomiang bit, played their last games ever for us? That's a good point, yeah? Um, Lacazette, yes, because there's not an ounce of um, contract talk even floating around. Nothing at all. Nothing. No leaks in the papers. Nothing uh, whatsoever about about um, Lacazette signing a new contract. So I think that says quite a lot that he more than likely will be leaving in the summer. Um, Abamyang, I just I no, I don't think Abamyang leaves. Number one, no one's going to pay his wages. That he's a thirty-one-year-old, nearly thirty-two-year-old man who's on £300,000 a week. There's not a, a club in world football who's going to pay that unless it's not even China and because they're not, they're not picking off players like anymore, are they? Like, I'm paying them stupid amounts of wages because they even they've got a, of a, uh, a wage cap, haven't they? So, yeah, so Aubameyang doesn't leave because why would you? A, a club, again, just like the Ozil situation, a club has gone to him and said, we will pay you this amount of money for this amount of years. Why would he then leave? Like he's got no reason to leave because I wouldn't. So, yeah, like I said, does go a Bamiyang uh, stays. And why would anybody want a Bamiyang after the season that he's had of exactly. injuries, of form, of dare I say attitude, and definitely shit haircuts? Um, Julian Salmon has put here. Martinez would have caught it, caught it, and started a counter attack. He'd have caught it, dropped it, ran off of it, and had a shot. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Right. Um, so uh, I think I uh, I did that one. Now I've highlighted some in my own YouTube thing. Uh, Nick from Loki73, he says, do we need to give Saka, Smithrow and... Oh, to smack Saka and Smithrow so a bit of a rest? No. I mean, the season's nearly over. So um, to be honest, if we go out of um, 
or if we get spanked in the next Europa League game and that's all but done, we could just not play them the rest of the season, to be honest. I mean, they're going to get a good rest in the summer, aren't they? Yes, they certainly are. Um, question for you, Nick. Um, uh, Carl, um, about Nick, it says, where is it from? It's uh, Phil Macker has said, if you are spending all that money on Kraken whores, shouldn't Nick look happier? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, we definitely need to. Um, we just, yeah, crack and horse. It's the way forward. That what more could you want <laughs> apart from throwing in some chicken wings as well? Fuck it. What else? What else could you possibly want? Crack horse and chicken wings. And that's what you get. That's what you get, Carlo. Get Yorkie bars. <laughs> crack horse and Yorkie bars. Then it is. There you go. So that's the name for, for a podcast. I think that's the only questions we, we've had here. Um, there's a few uh, few latecomers in here, but other than that, I don't think we've had any questions. Any more questions? So, Cole, do you want to quickly end this before someone puts one in? Yes, I will. Um, it, it was a bad game, let's be honest. It wasn't uh, the best. Uh, the only positive, again, for me is that we got a point from it, which is, which is very weird. I think I just saw a stat which we played 12 games at home, won six and lost six I think it was I think it was or something, something on the man I'm sure Danny will talk about that on the main pod but a record at home and also a record after European games because I think after European games we've uh, played six lost five <laughs> uh, drawn one which was uh, today I believe which is absolutely just ridiculous um, so that needs to improve um, going forward Everton on Friday, a Friday night game. Why? Uh, why? Why on Friday? I don't know. Like Loki said, crack holes on whiskey on a Friday night. What more would you possibly want? Um, Adam said, crack holes and raisins. Oh, Adam, you absolute wrong and no way, no way, no way. Um, yeah, raisins right. has taken it too far. <laughs> yeah, too far. See, there's always one that's got a bit too far in it. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nikki, I want to say thank you um, for jumping on today. Always a pleasure to come on, especially to see your nice new haircut. Oh, it's been four months, four, four months. Make sure um, you take your ID with you tomorrow when you go back to work this week because they might be bombing you out there. Like, Who's I, I that? So. Definitely. Um, Danny, you have to be here. We don't know who's on the pod yet, do you? You're going to moan at us in the grave. Oh, you're not saying you want a pod and then you never want a pod. I'm going to give up. I'm going to throw my toys out my pan, blah, 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 blah. Well, if we have to guess who won't be on, who do you reckon won't be on? Uh, I'm going to go for Chris Ellis um, because, I mean, hashtag fuck Ellis. He's just a shitbag, non-key oh, worker. I'm working on it. Where's the thing? Where is it? Hurry up. Uh, no, where is it? They, they haven't deleted it, have they? Oh, whilst I'm feeling about Ellis, who's the, non, the only uh non-key worker of the group i'm the only key worker in abw who has kept london moving throughout this whole pandemic and all Ellis has done is sit around uh, in his crocs uh drinking tea gossiping around the nurses station so um that's all he's done um chris who he probably might jump on you never know but it depends if um, it depends if the shit um feeder league is uh having a game or farmers versus uh, farmers. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that or who else is available. But whoever it is, the podcast will be on Tuesday slash Wednesday. We will let you know soon as and drop questions in it. So, Danny, you have to be here. Thank you very much. 
Cheers, Carl, for hosting at two seconds' notice. No worries at all. And it's not all bad, people. It's not all bad. It can get better. It will get better. And if not, remember, crack whores and chicken wings. Daddy, press the button. <laughs> oh, dear. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.